to tell me a story. Please tell me a story too. You know, I think I'll tell you the story. to you live from quarter three of tonight's Thursday night matchup with a couple of stinky league playoff implications and ramifications. There's a lot of Asians on this one, stinky nation. Unfortunately, your pussy host, Jay Skepinizzle, is weeping in a hole somewhere following his playoff elimination. And speaking of holes, Brentley, that little rodent player poacher, Hoochie, I hear, has somehow made the playoffs. And not only that, Russell Nelson has apparently not made the poopy bowl. What a year it has been in Stinky League 2020. Not so fast, Big D. I'm a pro, and the show must go on even if my season won't be. Brent, drop him. And welcome in, Stinky Nation. I'm Jay Skapanak. And as Mr. Big D said, we are live. It is the third quarter of Rams-Patriots. 11.15 here to go, it looks like. We're going to a TV timeout, and we have a big episode for you. The smoke has settled. The dust has cleared. And six teams have emerged into the playoffs while the sun has officially set on the rest of Stinky Nation. Brent, where shall we begin? <laughs> Uh, uh, you got me. You got me a little caught off guard here. With uh, with I, I wasn't expecting your boy Big D to come in, and you, and you also said the the smoke has settled and the dust the dust has cleared, which which also kind of fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jay, it's been uh, th- thirteen weeks of just uh, unexpected madness, and here we are, uh, just about after halftime, like you said, of the uh, first playoff game here. Welcome back in, Stinky, and we're going to do our best here to recap everything that's going on in the playoffs, but before we get into all of that, we do have some feedback this week, and you know, a little special section of the feedback corner being that the playoffs have begun that I have set up for you, so sit back and enjoy, and we'll get right into the corner here. Hey everyone, it's everyone's favorite friend, Michael Stover. I'm just calling in to congratulate everyone for a fine year. Shout out to the playoff makers. Thank God the season doesn't end in week seven or week 10 or, you know, who knows what the playoff would have looked like. That's how we play. Shout out to Tucci. Fuck you for beating me years ago in the playoffs. Thanks for top spot. Shout out to Booty. Congratulations on the regular season MVP. Truly a great accomplishment to get this MVP while still remaining below 500 every single regular season since you turned 40. Ha, but for real, fun game. Happy to give you a scare there. Shout out to the teams that had a lot of potential but just couldn't get there because of first degree injuries secondary injuries that affected their lineup to be able to handle that so well and so utterly being so utterly affected 
I have to call out that one team manager that was clearly the most effective. We all know who that is. Russ Nelson. Tier four friends. Everyone's favorite friend. <laughs> Checking in right before the playoffs, coming off of his uh, – his big win over the, over the weasel this week, which we'll get into. But yeah, he had some uh, some things to say to a lot of people in the league, and uh, you know, I for one highly agree with him about Rustle having the biggest kick in the balls as far as injuries go from pretty much week one onward. And uh, you know, he was he took it pretty well, I gotta say. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I agree. It was obviously a shot at me, but I do agree. Russ did have the most injuries this year. Maybe not the most. I, th- I think I still had the most, but he lost the biggest punch in his lineup, uh, losing Saquon in like week two and then Bay for the majority of the year. I mean, that's essentially you would be imagining like 26 or 27 points per game from each of them. Um, but, you know, he, he did finish. We'll go over it later in the show. He did finish in the bottom four in points while I finished whatever it was. Uh, I don't know, seventh, but I was 18 points behind sixth, 22 points behind fifth. So, and unlike Russ, I did get my guys back here at the end of the season. It would have been better had I not and just been like Russ limping on through the year and then just letting the, the season kind of evaporate upon me. But I agree. Great job by Russ to at least get out of the toilet bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's uh, it takes a lot to to take that punch and keep going. But he definitely did a great job. But, you know, great call there from uh, from let's be tier four friends. And uh, he sounds like he's ready to go for uh, for the playoffs. But he is on by this week. So we will move on to the next section here now. In this section, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's getting cold out up here in the Northeast Corridor. And, you know, I kind of want to make this like a little like uh, fireside chat where we uh, where we're going to tell a little story here. And the story <laughs> here coming out of Stinky Nation first is a little story about a weasel not knowing the rules. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give this any more introduction other than we didn't really cover it very well. Um, when we said we were going to in, uh, I think it was an episode episode or two ago, but we send out Demontrez, our crack correspondent team, to get some information on what was going through Weasel's head for the Ben Roethlisberger substitution rule. And here is what he had to say. If you listen to anything on the Stinky Cast ever, you should pay attention to this because you're not going to fucking believe your ears. I wake up Sunday morning. It's a busy Saturday. I wake up Sunday morning. Well, yeah, well, uh, I wake up Sunday morning and uh, I'm told that the game may not be played. So I knew the rules that you could put another player in. Not okay? one of the websites. I knew, I knew the rules that you could put another player in. So I, I, I go on the WhatsApp chain and I go, hey, there's a chance that Roethlisberger may not play. Can I play another player? And I get fucking smart-ass responses back and forth. Oh, this is the number one seed in the league. You don't fucking know the rules, but I'm like, fuck you. I'm like, I asked the question. And who's that from? A bunch of losers. Yeah, a bunch of toilet bowl people. That's right. So disregard it. Yeah. Just ignore it. Like, you so know. anyway, so then Larry sends me a message saying, I just sent you the way that this is set up. You need to fuck. You have 26 minutes before you have to get this in. I got a little panicked. And uh, I figured, like, I know this league like frowns upon horrible. This league frowns upon like not starting a player. This like, league frowns can, upon 
stupid. The league frowns upon not starting the player. Like incompetence. Yes. Okay. Incompetence is the best way to say it. So incompetence. I was like, oh well, I have uh, two people on my bench that were actual players. Noah Fant, who was being played, who had a quarterback who has never thrown a pass in the NFL, and it had the Raiders defense. So I was like, I should just be able to start the Raiders defense instead of Roethlisberger. Because that's the only pe- two people I what have. What about the defense you already had starting? I already had a defense plan. So yes. have you ever yes. started two defenses ever? I know you can't do that. So why would you do that? This is COVID rules. This is COVID rules. This is unprecedented territory. No, it doesn't make any sense. Wait, what? So I was like, I'll just play the Raiders defense. And two defenses no one, and no quarterback. But no one will care because what? A, a quarterback is up here and a defense whoa, is down whoa, here. Whoa, 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 whoa. So do you like, honestly think that? That I was going to allow a team to play one week with no quarterback and two defenses. You don't like when people start like no like like illegal lineups like like what if I started like oh I just fucking said just up. answer me that question do you think that any game this year we would have said sure it's fine for Tutsi to start two defenses and no quarterback you actually thought that that would be accepted well yeah okay. that's horrible you should be two. fine for that you wait, should be wait, fine wait, more wait, than twenty wait, you two. should be signed fine two hundred oh my god like I was trying to start two quarterbacks I wasn't trying to start two quarterbacks. What is a happening? defense is going to score less than Dude, I understand. But because you're giving yourself a self-imposed handicap, yes. you're allowed to start Thank a defense you. rather Thank than you. a quarterback? Thank Dude, you. it doesn't work that no. way, man. You have you ever that. not started a quarterback in any week of fantasy football ever in your life? So then the other alternative That's your answer. was to not start anybody and have the whole league get, get, get fucked in, like, the different fluctuations of, like, not the... the All right, A, you're making zero sense. B, no, you cannot it. start two defenses... The same way you cannot start two quarterbacks. Dude, the logic of you giving yourself a self to swap a player for a player. And then allowing yourself to then You do should that, know better. Despite the fact that it's against every rule. You should know better. And that's why you got the fine. Absolutely. Wow. Completely appalling. Just, I, I, I can't even wrap my brain around what he said there. Now, set, set the stage here, because I, obviously I wasn't here. A lot of our listeners were not there. Um, tell me what, who, who all was in the room. I, I think I was recognizing some of the voices. What was the reaction within the room, uh, when he was dropping this idiocy? I mean, it was, a, it was me, Kamish Booby and Spross. And, you know, Weasel was pretty much in the center of this disc- discussion and we were kind of like triangulated around him. So, uh, you know, I'm basically watching him talk and looking at the faces of Booty and Spross. Spross looked like, like it was like the plot twist of like the Sixth Sense when he was was talk when he was talking because he could not he could not believe what he just experienced. Like it it, it was ridiculous. Like his eyes were open so wide just listening to his explanation of and his interpret interpretation of the rules as he saw them. Now, Brent, I I mean I I got to be honest with you. I, I think oh, like a 12 year old would be able to understand what, what the, you know, like the actual rules were would stipulate in, in what he was talking about. The fact that he's been in the league for like 16 years or however long it's been. And he's like a 40 year old man and doesn't understand <laughs> this is absolutely stunning to me. Is there, did you get any indication that he might've been fucking with you guys or was oh, this no. legitimate? No, okay. no, no, no. He was dead serious. He was, he was literally trying to weasel his way out of how badly he he fucked that up and was trying to give like a you know he might backpedal you know you know when right. people get called out and they backpedal and they're like yo I was just trolling you guys haha you fell for it whatever dude trust me 
He was legit trying to weasel his way out of not understanding the rules. Woof. Terrible yeah. look. Terrible. So there you have it. There is there is the the bottom of the story there. That is that is how it went down. And you know, there's really no excuse for what happened there. I think Booty even in there said that should be like a two hundred dollar fine. It, it should you know? be. It, it should be. He should he should Bo- Booty likes framing things and getting things signed. He should print that email out, have Tucci give him two crisp one hundreds, sign it, and then that should be framed in Booty's office. No, it should go in this stinky time capsule that he's been. Uh, I don't know if you know, <laughs> know this, but he's been putting that. He, I think he mentioned at the draft that he's putting another little uh, stinky time capsule. We need something to, to like represent this event to go in the time capsule because it is definitely a historically, hilariously bad event that we need to to document somehow. You're right, but you know, like what what Booty was saying with the two hundred dollar fine. Like honestly, like if this was like. I don't know, like the NFL or like this would you get like suspended as a team for something this stupid? Like you you would like lose draft picks or or like a player would get suspended. He should get suspended for four games and and not be able to participate in the playoffs. He should, or at the very least, he should get like instead of since we don't really have draft picks, maybe he gets docked like ten million uh, in his fab, so he only has ninety mil for the draft. Uh, yeah, for the draft. I'm sorry, and then that way that will also mitigate his poaching tendencies. I, I think I think you might have an angle there. I think we should do something. Uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll have to discuss that in the off season. But anyway, man, I could talk about that for for a while. But um, <laughs> speaking of what you mentioned about poaching, that's a pretty good interlude into uh, this next uh, bit of journalism from our from our correspondent team that found out that he admitted to poaching. And that is, once again, his strategy this upcoming year. I'll let you listen to this. No, no, no. He's sitting in the family room. Sitting in the family room next to TJ and Larry and Frank. Which is the Dude, loser everyone room. everyone has their seats, though, for the most part. <laughs> Booty, you, you stay at the head of the no, table. No. Guess what? You stay at the just head like of the, the rules change. Just like the rules change, Dude, the draft changes, right? I, I actually don't want to sit at the table, but I'm doing the league a favor. I'm gonna be honest. I'm sitting at the table. I'm gonna be honest. I hate to say this. This is some bullshit. Chuchi is not even gonna sit at the table. Do the league has a, a favor. seat at the table reserved all night if he wants. I'm gonna go like this. Do it a league a favor. Next to Steve. We beat you and Steve we like beat. this. <laughs> Next to you and Steve. Oh, I'll take him. How much? Oh, I'll take a half mil. He's embracing me. That's what I'm gonna do. Damn. He is. Doing the favor, or doing the Yo, league a favor? How about that? Doing the league a favor? Yo, how about we, we would do the league a favor if we got rid of your Can't fucking draft practices? Yo, we should have a bet. Yo, he, he just if we got rid of your weaseling he draft just, practices, just, we'd be doing the league he a just, favor. He just, That's doing the league a favor. You're weaseling. He just Not admitted. The table. He, just admitted. he just admitted to weaseling. No, he admitted it. No, he admitted it. Literally out of his own mouth. Yo, pre-year bet. Who does weasel? Who does Tootsie weasel the most? Stover. Stover. Hundred percent. That's not even true. Durazio and Bax. He does the three of them. He doesn't pick me. He doesn't weasel me. No, he doesn't. Because Broody, you don't make the playoffs. He doesn't weasel me. There you have it. Another stinky story. I I know you heard it in there, Jay, where he was talking about poaching Steve Durazio and Spross's picks next year while sitting at the table. That's that's really how that conversation started. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm wondering, like, is he just going to, like, hack their computer or something maybe as well? So, like, is, is he going to get, 
like additional poaching privileges being at the table next year. I'm very concerned about this. I think I, maybe like the this might be like a rules violation or something having him at that table. Yeah, he he clearly um, is just excited about his success that he he gained from poaching players, and he's clearly going to not not only do it again, but he's going to double down on that. Trust me, in the draft next year. So we definitely have to put some measures in place to uh, to make sure he doesn't pull that bullshit again. I mean, I agree. And speaking of which, let's do a very quick recap here, Brent. We've got 546 left in the third. It's 17-3, Rams. And speaking of Tucci and his poaching tendencies, he's got a nice little uh, performance going tonight. He has uh, about 20 points from Akers, and, but only five from Woods. But still, 25 points on Thursday night, nothing to sneeze at here in his preliminary round. Maybe if he pulls the upset over the commish here in the first round, we'll, we'll talk about the matchup later in the show. Maybe then the commission will see how dangerous uh, the draft weasel is. What like a like what what an issue, a pervasive issue the draft weasel is within the stinky league. That's a pretty good point because you know Commission Booby definitely realizes things a lot a lot more seriously when they affect him. So maybe maybe he'll see the effects of the poaching and how it knocked him out of the playoffs this week. But obviously a lot to go here uh, in this game. Like you said, Cam Akers just had like another like I don't know, look like a 10, 15 yard run. He is racking up some points on Kamish Booby right now. So, um, all right, one more story in the feedback corner here, and that is the story of the Delco alarm clock. I don't think I need to give that any more introduction, but it is something that um, Weasel actually has been trying to get us to air on the cast. We were finally get able to get. Spross to sit down with us and really break down for us the full details of that event. So for your listening pleasure, we present to you the story of the Delco alarm clock. Of Delco alarm clock? Yeah. Start now. I was in bed with you. Please. Okay, so it is Saturday, um, champions dinner day. We couldn't go out to a restaurant, had people over my house. Troy. Um, yeah, Troy was there. So it is about 12.30. You guys, I said everyone was welcome about 1 o'clock. My pool guy shows up, unbeknownst to me, doesn't like give me any heads up. But we had been talking to him about or for our pool. So he shows up at 12.30, and I know when he's parked that he's there to put in the heater. So I've had people coming over at 1 o'clock. I'm like, I can't have him doing all the work to put in the heater with you everyone in the backyard. But you could have. It takes two hours. I'm, dude, I'm like, dude, everyone's like, you want to be smoking drugs. Like, people are going to be like, yo, let's smoking go in. Drugs, smoking, smoking drugs. Smoking drugs yo. and fucking do it, Troy, man. Yo, I got that so I can't, you know, I can't fucking have my pool guy be doing that. So I was like, all right. We talked to him. I was like, John, like, oh, I'm so sorry about to have all these people over. Like, I, 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 right now, like, it's just not a great time. He's like, oh, no worries, no worries. I didn't really tell you. I know, blah, blah, blah. So then Margaret's right next to me. Margaret's like, well, John, like, I'm sorry it doesn't work today, but like, when will it work for you? Like, and he's like, well, tomorrow work will work. And then, and I'm like, uh, so that's the first thing he throws out there. And I'm like, uh, okay. New I was champion, like, new I was like, yeah, I, well then that's fine. I was like, as long as it's not today, I'll take whatever it is. And then so I was like, all right, well, it's time tomorrow. And he says, the earlier, the better. So I was like, well, that's not a response that I wanted. So then Margaret's like next to me and Margaret is like, yeah, sure. No, that's problem. Whatever works for you works for us. He goes, how about 7am? Um, and Margaret's like, yep. 
And then my father-in-law, Margaret's dad, is also at the house at the time. He is, during having that whole conversation, it's my father-in-law's friend. It's my pool guy. That's how we found out about it. Oh, wow. yeah. Whoa! Dude, so my father-in-law is there as well, and he's like, he knows that I'm having friends over, and he knows I'm going to get banged up. So he just looks, and he's so like... he's cool. He's totally cool. Yeah, yeah. So he looks, at, and he's like, Margaret, don't worry. Like, I'll be over tomorrow at 7. Like, Mark doesn't have to. Like, whatever it is, Mark won't don't have to be here. I'll be here as well. So I was like, okay, well, that works. Blah, blah, blah. So eventually the pool guy left. He just dropped the heater off, put it, like, right where it needed to go, right by the pool, but didn't install anything. He has to hook up the gas line and all that shit. So have everyone over. Obviously, Troy was being spread around. I smoked a ton of drugs, drugs probably. So we get to, we go to, from my house, we leave my house at 7 o'clock, we go to Durazio's house, cooks big steaks, as yeah, you know, yeah, we had yeah. lobsters. No, I wouldn't and know. And Tomahawk steaks, no. Tucci, yeah, wouldn't, Tucci know. wouldn't fucking know, Weasel. Fuck you and fuck that That's because you poach everyone else's picks uh, rather than yeah, make your own Back pick. on track, back on track. So, alright, so now it's like about midnight. Margaret is still up. Margaret sends me a text. Hey, where are you? Are you coming home? So, all right, so now it's like Margaret texts me like, hey, you coming home? I'm like, yeah, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the point or whatever. It's June, but it's tough to find an Uber. Don't get it. end up not getting an Uber. But I tell Margaret at about 3 a.m. after my fifth line of Troy that I will be home at 7 a.m. I'll be there. Because Margaret falls asleep. Margaret falls asleep at about midnight and wakes up at 3 a.m., sees I'm still not home. Sends me a text. Are you fucking coming home? Question mark. Just plead the fifth line. And at that point, I was like, Mark, I literally had just done, just done a line of, line of Troy. Plead the fifth line. Correct. Plead the fifth. And okay, what was the response back to her? I never responded. I thought you said. Oh, no. I, I said I'll be home at seven. No, you said I'm, I'm on my way home, I thought. Uh, no. No, no, no. Eventually, at that point by 3 a.m., meanwhile, my probably fifth or sixth game of beer pong is being set up, and I just done a fifth line of Troy. And I tell Margaret, I'll be home at 7 a.m. So I end up falling asleep. I crushed whatever it was, the Chick-fil-A nuggets that the rats had, destroyed the entire plate. Like, absolutely. And this was at, like, 5.30 a.m. And I go... How bad did you have to poop when you went Oh, dude. so, (laughs) So I dropped massive shit. So, literally, I go to bed, fall asleep next to Booty upstairs, and of course, sleep through my alarm, and I wake up, and my alarm is going off, my phone's going off. The Duffco alarm clock. The du- yeah, it's going off, and I literally, I, lo- I wake up, and I, I look at the Raz's side wall to the room, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh my god. And my first thing is, first, my first thought is, what time is it? Right. And I look, I get up, and I look at the foot of the bed. And you see Booty's naked body. Booty is... I don't even know Booty's next to me at this point. No idea. And who do I see at the foot of the fucking bed? Is my wife. At the oh! foot of the bed! Is Margaret at the foot of the bed grabbing my foot? Like, wait, wait, I she, am like... Did she have a big smile on her face? No. She did not have a smile I wouldn't call it a smile. But... She did not have a smile on her face. So I was like, holy shit. I, my first question is, what time is it? What time is it? 9.15. I was like, my pool guy's been there for over two hours. He's been there for over two hours. He got there at 7 a.m. on the dot. Oh, fuck. So I am like, she's like, get the fuck out of Will bed. I Direct this quote. Now? Should I beat this or not yet? Get the fuck no, out of bed. And I'm like, I'm laying next I get up, I turn my alarm off, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm 
literally doing this. I'm like, where's my wallet? Don't have my wallet. My phone's down. Or my phone's next to me. My wallet, my, like, what are my keys to the house? I locked the house when I left. Booty's next to you naked. Booty's next to me. He's, like, pretending to be asleep. I'm literally walking out. Daraz walks out of his room, sees me. You pretend to be asleep. Daraz sees me, and we just lock eyes. He doesn't say a word. And he just, he just looks at me and he goes, hey, Margaret. <laughs> Margaret. Margaret's walking behind me. Walk down the stairs. Margaret's like, I had to find my shit. Found my wallet downstairs on the beer pong you table. You saw Nihad in the shitter. Margaret knocked on the door and Nihad was in the shitter. That apparently. Well, 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 that apparently. And, and she looked at me. I was on the couch by the door and, and I... I I thought a presence come in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the devil came into the room. <laughs> like a boy yeah, yeah, with a dark figure. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this couldn't be worse timing for my what pool guy. What the fuck is up with Durant's security system? All right. And the people are allowed in. So, real quick, I, Margaret's like, get all your shit. She brings, actually, brings get all, all your, your shit. Get all your shit. I'm downstairs looking around. I got to get my wallet and all. We get in the car, and it is, for me, just. That is like a 10 minute car ride from Draz's house to my house. It is just like, I didn't say a word. Didn't say shit. And it's just, literally, I'm just getting yelled at the oh whole God, time. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm an asshole. Like, our pool guy was there at 7 o'clock. My father in law sees me when I get at the house. Just starts laughing. Oh, he just starts, he just starts dying laughing. He sees me. He looks in my eyes. He's like, dude, this guy did a lot of Troy four hours ago. No, no, he didn't think that, but might have <laughs> no, I have a question. So, yeah, that's a story. So that's that's pretty much it. Then, <laughs> wow. I mean, have you ever Man. heard that full story? You were I there. have never. No, I've never heard. I and honestly, I didn't really understand the where the name came from until I heard the story. I mean, this is what an incredible story. There's so many things, so many questions I have. Like first and foremost, I think it was kind of mentioned in there. Like Durazio has a pretty nice house, right? Yeah, it's it's a pretty sizable house. Are you talking about like uh, being able to find him? Well, no. I'm, I, like, does he have some kind of a security system oh, or like yeah. an alarm Rudy, system? So how does Rudy she just? That. Yeah, how does she just slip on into the house? Like, I, I think we need Durazio to follow up on this. And then... well, pe- people were going in and out of the house to like smoke cigarettes, and, and we were like sitting out on the deck all night. So, and gotcha. and you know, there was no children there. So I th- and you know, he's like in a cul-de-sac, in you know, in the suburbs. So it's not like you're, right. you're worried about getting ro- robbed or anything. So I think it was just like the security was turned off and she was able to just walk in in the morning because I think I mentioned it in that story, but I, I was sleeping on the couch, like relatively near the front door. I heard the door open and it was, you know, in the exorcist when like, when the, <laughs> when, the, when the room gets really cold all of a sudden, when like the devil is there, like, <laughs> I got like a chill, and I was—I knew something was off, and and I just didn't want to open my eyes, and and like, going on. so I didn't, and I just laid there through it all, and I I didn't even want to know. Love it. I love like booty pretending to be asleep, you pretending to be asleep. I love it, and then the, the pit. I've never met Margaret. The now the picture that has been painted for me. Like, how old is Frost? He's like younger than me, right? Isn't he like 33 or 34 or something like that? I think he's just a little bit younger than you. Yeah, somewhere in that range. And, and so she's probably around the same age. He, it sounds to me that he is like in a marriage. How long have they been seeing each other? I need more background on the two of them now. It sounds like they're like a 50-year-old married couple now. 
like with a picture that was painted me, with him in the in the drive the back. Yeah, yeah the, the car, car driving back with his like tail between his legs, his head down, just taking the fucking medicine from her. Incredible! What a story! An amazing story. The story of the Delco alarm clock. Yeah, I think that I think that might have painted her in a bad light. She's a sweet girl, and uh, you know, I think it was just it, it was just you know. <laughs> You don't do that, man. You you don't you don't piss her off that much. You're gonna you're gonna get it, you know, man. And but honestly, how long? I have to go back to this. How long has she known Spross for? Obviously, this dude is completely unreliable when he's drinking. Literally, I he almost got I don't know like kidnapped at the casino at the banquet last year. He urinated himself in an elevator the once. Like, <laughs> this guy obviously this guy cannot control himself. When he's drinking, I mean, he, he when he came down to Tampa for his bachelor party, I saw him for like a half an hour before he went back to the the, the house and died at like 8 p.m. I mean, this guy cannot be trusted, and she sets him up with a 7 a.m. appointment. Unbelievable! What was she thinking? <laughs> yeah, I, that that was just a, a, a badly planned situation, and uh, I, hopefully he learned his lesson from that. I guess I don't know, but the one drunk story you forgot to tell is the 15,000. Uh, feedback calls when he was wasted uh, in South Beach. That's true. Fifteen is that's generous, Brian. It was more like thirty. Yeah. So so anyway, my head kind of hurts from laughing at this point <laughs> from 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 that feedback corner. But uh, you know, uh, not many calls. We'll see if the calls pick up uh, this week with the playoffs. We have some we have some very uh, talkative people that are that are competing right now so we'll see if that translates into a more full feedback corner but that being said we have the recaps coming out now do you want to kind of explain how we're going to do this recap section here sure yeah let's we're, we're going to kind of just gloss over uh, you know the, the the contest but we're going to kind of hone in specifically on the very impactful games the games that really painted the picture uh, of the playoff canvas in which we're currently in um and some of the other games we're not going to really spend too much time on because they really didn't have uh, much of an impact on on where we're at now into the playoffs officially with tonight's game underway. Um, with that said, do you want to? Should we begin with the big game of the week, Brent? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that's pretty easy to spot which game was the biggest game of, of the week, and um, that game was clearly the uh, the Stover Weasel game. It was. Not only the the highest scoring game of the week, but it was probably also the most impactful in terms of um, what it did to the to the playoff seedings and and the playoff race in general. And uh, in this game, Stover just came back under a crazy Lamar Jackson Tuesday night football game where he just had 36 points and you know put the weasel and his top seeding to bed with that performance. Yeah, what what a game! Uh, honestly, I we talked a little bit just in prep off air before we came on, and I said I called it the game of the year, which I think that it might have been, as it was the game for the number one seed. And say what you will, uh, Tucci obviously barely deserves to be in the playoffs in my estimation, but he did come up with a humongous game, a big time performance in this week when he really needed it desperately to get that one seed, which I know he obviously wanted, and he had a humongous game. It looked like he was going to take the win uh, early on when he had, honestly, just a garbage game by, by Darren Waller. When you get 60 points from a positional player, like that's just a lucky performance. But Stover saw that, 
raise the ante with a trashy 42-point defensive performance to kind of offset that. He then gets the humongous game from Kelsey, the 31-point game from him, 32 from Adams, 37, as you mentioned, nearly uh, from Jackson. Just two huge games from both of these guys when they desperately needed it for the one seed. At the end, Stover comes out on top with nearly 170 and snags that one seed. What a freaking game. Yeah, I don't know if you're watching the current game, but did you see that? It looked like they were going to do like a handoff jet sweep to Cam Akers, which would have looked like looked like it had a good chance. And they, they faked it and went to uh, Cooper Cup for the touchdown there. I, I did. I'm just seeing it. I looked up right when you were asking about it. So that's uh, obviously, you know, we've, we're getting some things going on here. Cup, I believe Joey Bags has him going tonight in his toilet matchup against Frankie. So obviously uh, Tucci's loss is Bags' gain. But, yeah, that would have been probably uh, like over a 30-point game uh, for, for Tucci here. There's still some time left. He could still get over 35, 40 points in this game. But, yep, looks like he just had a little touchdown taken out of his mouth on that one. Yeah, that went to uh, Spross in the uh, little Frankie force print we have going on with Jared Goff there, not to, uh, not to overlook that. But uh, real quick, back to the game here that we were talking about, this, uh, this Weasel-Stover um, game. And, you know, I was clearly hanging out with, um, with Weasel during this game that was going on, and he was very confident with that Darren Waller game happening that he was going to take down Stover this week. I wasn't able to get anything you know, recorded um, from our team by him saying that, but he was definitely pumping his chest during that Waller game only to have the Patriots and Lamar Jackson just squash him, like you said. Yeah, and Stover, it's got to feel good for Stover. Um, You know, he had been scapping himself on the defenses uh, leading up uh, to that game. I wouldn't call it an easy decision. I think it was, I wouldn't have started the Browns versus the Titans myself. The Titans... Uh, have been putting up a lot of points. But, I mean, the Chargers and Booty's guy, uh, the the kid Hair Bear or Herbert, whatever you you have it, they've been putting up points too. So, uh, Stober finally gets the defense right, and he gets it right in a huge way. Obviously, if he got it wrong this week and had the one point in and the 42 on the bench and it cost him the one seed, that would have been definite scapping territory. That would have been like a true scapping right there. Yeah, he would have, that would like you said that would have lost him the game. You know that was like forty one points. He would have he would have left on the bench. So nice job getting that right for for Stover, and you know pulling that off, getting the number one seed there uh, with a huge you know final week, almost one hundred and seventy point effort there. Just that's the way to slam the door shut on that on that seeding right there. Absolutely. Uh, congratulations to both guys on a on a big uh, week though. Um, Big points by both, and uh, congratulations to both of them on their playoff berths. Tucci is playing this week now. Stover just gets to sit back and relax. Absolutely. So, you know, the only uh, the other main game here, I feel like, that had a pretty big impact on the uh, on the playoffs itself was probably your game with uh, with Booty that you managed to hold on to by eight points here on the back of you know, some pretty good performances from Aaron Rodgers, Chris Carson. You got a nice performance from Mike Gesicki. Look at that, 23 points. How about that? And, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, I think, ended up as a top 10 running back. You know, I don't know if you if you realize that, but he had 12 points here. 
Yeah, uh, Drake. Yeah, he did end up. Uh, he ended, I, I think, number ten in Stinky League uh, this year. My bust bomb Kenyon Drake. He actually did crawl back up. And honestly, the Gesicki thing was happening early. I really, I thought when he had the when he when he had the game that he had, I thought that it was destiny that I was going to get into the playoffs. Right? I thought that this was like a sign from the fantasy gods when Gesicki was having the game. But then, you know, a couple other disappointments. Uh, Eckler had situationally a bad matchup. He loses 45 nothing in that game, so kind of took him out of the game. Uh, A.J. Brown had a disappointing game, fumbled in the end zone, actually. Um, so, you know, a, a decent game. I'd say it was kind of like a mediocre subpar game for me. I mean, still almost 130, nothing to sneeze at. Um, now, like you got- on the other side of the ball, I need to bring something up. When I showed up, to hang out with Kamish Booby on Sunday. The, one of the first things he said to me was he was telling me how much he wanted to start Ryan Tannehill this week <laughs> over Justin Herbert or Herbert, as you say. And, you know, I, I simply said to him, you know, if you really wanted to start him, you would have put him in the lineup. I did not realize that the events that would unfold would be if he started Ryan Tannehill I would be in the playoffs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Yep. Mother yeah, he would. He he would. He would have won. And also, he left some points. Now we both left some defensive points. He left some points on 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 the on the on the floor there on the bench in in his defense. He actually. Now I left 17 points on the on my bench for a four point performance in my defense, but he lost eight points as well. He put the Chiefs in over. The Vikings, the Chiefs had eight points, so that would have got him pretty close to the win as well. I think it might have given him the win by like two tenths of a point that he had, and he did actually have the Vikings in to start the week. I think he changed them out on Sunday as well, so that would have given him the win too. So, ouch, man. He, you know, he, and it, I know he didn't obviously do it on purpose. He was going for the MVP. He wanted all the points he could possibly get, but you know. Tannehill against the Browns, pretty juicy matchup. Easy to say that in hindsight, but you know, her, uh, Justin Herbert against the Pats, we're seeing it right now. What are the, you know, the Rams have what? They've got 24 points, you know? Yeah, I think honestly, I would have went the other way. Like whenever uh, he was talking to me about it, I mean, I'm obviously he's not really necessarily asking. We were playing each other, um, but I I was secretly kind of hoping that he that he stayed with uh, with Hair Bear because. You know, rookie just rookies against Bill Belichick never never do favorably. So um, I, you know, I I personally I would have probably went with Tannehill. I know he he wanted to go with Tannehill. Tannehill was one of those decisions he was beating himself up over all week. He ended up going with the wrong the wrong guy. It did not cost him the MVP. He holds on to the MVP. We should mention uh, things tightened up very uh, closely between he and Stover due to the humongous output uh, of points that Stover had this week. Um, but Cole Booty Beasley. holds on, right, with a mega, a mega performance by his guy, Cole, the third leading scorer on his team. And that includes Aaron Jones, who had just four points more than him on a 22-point run with like a minute and a half left in that game. So Cole really bailed the commission out. With, with Cole Beasley's best game of the season. Now, he did have 26.4 in week 10, this was 26.5, so it was close. But that still remains Cole Beasley's best game of the season in a, in a time where he definitely needed it in order to secure that MVP. And, 
you know, let's let's be the first to say here, congratulations, Booby, on the MVP. I mean, it it was really damn close. We'll talk about that a little bit in the stats section, but you know, you held on. Congratulations and uh, enjoy the MVP. Absolutely, Kamesh. Looking forward. I'm I'm preparing my introduction for you as we speak uh, at the banquet, and I know that you're preparing your 90 minute PowerPoint presentation as well. So. I think the whole league, I could speak for everyone that they're looking forward to that PowerPoint um, and, and everything that's involved, uh, the pyrotechnics and everything that, that, you're, that you're probably planning. Um, uh, Brent, just to touch on it real quickly, you do have a nice week. I just want to give you, you props. You had a big week when you needed it. Um, you needed to outscore TJ by about 20 points uh, to give yourself a chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, you needed me to beat Booty, unfortunately, that, that or you needed Booty to beat me, unfortunately, that didn't happen. You do end up, though, outscoring TJ by 20. You beat him by about 22, um, and you got a nice uh, two, you know, Monday night performance there um, from your players uh, to, to end your regular season. I know we're involved in a little side, side thing going on here, but, um, you know, a, a nice way to, to finish the regular season, unfortunately, not into the playoffs. Um, speaking of a nice way, just want to touch on a few of these things real quick. Nice way to end the regular season. Rustle, uh, puts up his, I, I think his, maybe his second highest. It, he, I think he scored about 144, 146 on me in week one. And he scores 144 on Sprouse in week 13 to escape the toilet bowl by the skin of his teeth. And by doing that, by virtue of that win, he dumps Frankie and Schwarz into the toilet bowl. As they they matched up this week, Brent, in a utterly poopalicious game, (laughs) an eighty to seventy six final. Yucky! That has the makings of maybe they're going to rematch in two weeks from now in the toilet bowl finals. Yeah, week one for Rustle, like you were trying to to mention, he put up one forty four point seven against you. This week against Spross, it was 144.3, so almost identical to his week one outputs. Yep, and like I said, gets him out of the toilet. Um, excellent job by him this year to just stay alive and fight and get out of the toilet. He still probably owes Booty 500 or or $1,000 or whatever their customary uh, head-to-head uh, bet is. Um, other than that, we just had some some jockeying positioning-wise for for seed lines, uh, Durazio actually, his ass team responds yet again. He's been coming on strong down the stretch. He beats Gary and uh, takes Gary out of the bye week by virtue of that, that win by Durazio. And then speaking of spoilers, Joey Bags uh, with a 10-point win over PRB, which uh, takes PRB, not thankfully for him, not out of the bye week thanks to, uh, thanks to the loss by... Tucci. So by Stover's uh, win over Tucci, that gave PRB the buy. I know PRB was was rooting hardcore for that on the WhatsApp chain, and it kind of annoyed the commish. Yeah, you know, I, I think I guess part of the reason he was really rooting for the buy is I think he got really, I think he's really, really nervous right now because Gibson and Jacobs are pretty banged up. You know, like mm-hmm. that Gibson turf toe injury. You know, I I've read some reports from doctors. It's 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 a really painful injury, and he got ruled out pretty quickly for this week. And I I, I would I would have to say like I don't know if the buy is going to save PRB in regards to Gibson. Like I think this injury is 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 really going to impact 
the rest of Gibson's season. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, turf toe, like you said, it's no joke. Like it sounds, oh yeah, it's just a toe. Like it, that has ended people's careers. So, I mean, that, I'm not saying Gibson's career is in jeopardy, but his season very well might be. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. He PRB is, uh, you know, I'd be very nervous about uh, my playoff chances moving forward if I were him. Yeah, I mean, I think I said to you one of the biggest things I was worried about with Gibson was uh, being able to hold up over a full NFL season. And so far, uh, not so good. Uh, you know, he he's, looks like he's not going to really hold up for a full season. He's a guy in college who didn't get a lot of work, so we'll see if, if he's like a, you know, if he's like a guy you can depend on for an entire season for for this guy's career. But regardless of that, let's wrap this section up here by talking about our picks. Now, what happened this week? I, I'm sure you heard it last week. Was I just kind of went wild west on picking these games? I locked Weasel. He lost. You locked PRB. He lost. But I had Rustel, Bags, you, and Schwarz to win. They all won. Amazing. Your, your, your only wins this week were Stover and Schwarz. Now, what that means for our picks, Jay, is... We tied. Amazing. If, so, if there is, I mean, 2020, Brent, is there a better way to end between you and I, other than a tie on these picks. It's, it's incredible. I can't believe, you know, I had to go back through the last three weeks of picks to kind of tally them up because I wasn't like tracking them as well. So I had to listen to the, you know, to the last segment of the show of like in a row consecutively of just to get these picks together. And I could not believe it as it was coming together. I was like, Oh my God, we're going to tie. If, if he picks that, Oh my God, we did. So we tied, we each had 47 wins on the year. And one of the main reasons that we tied is because I had nine of my locks hit and you only had seven. Yeah. And I believe you told me how many did I miss of my locks to end the year, Brent? You missed all four of your last remaining lock picks for four weeks in a row. You had yourself, then Frank, then Schwarz, and then PRB for the last game. All four of those were losses. You, you basically just, like, as your team was doing well, your picks went down the toilet. Yeah, well, obviously, I was picking against myself every week. <laughs> so that makes sense. Other than the time I lost myself against Durazio and he beat me. So that, that and again, Durazio, you cost me in this, too. So what we talked about for Brent's wardrobe, it's not going to happen, and it's because of you, Durazio. I hope you know that. Oh, you had a little plan. Can you let us in, let us in then on, on what your plan was since it's not going to materialize now? Well, Brent, I think I might—I <laughs> I think I might have showed you what your shirt was on a, a text chain a few days ago. What your shirt was going to be? <laughs> Did you? I don't know if I've seen it. I took a—I took a pic and sent it to you and uh, <laughs> you and Durazio, and I, I think that might—it could have been it in bags. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> the tattooed picture of Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, on your shirt? That shirt? Yeah, that was going to be your shirt, I think. I, that's what I was toying with. Um, so the shirt that you were literally wearing in the picture is the shirt that you're going to have me wear? Yeah, well, I, I got two of them. But oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so you jumped the gun. Wow, yeah, you, yeah. I was very confident. I was very confident. Oh, the, oh man, the, the, chutzpah on, the chutzpah on you to, 
to buy the shirt before you actually won and that I came back and won. Oh, man, that, that burns, man. That burns. I, jinx, total jinx. Totally jinxed myself. <laughs> I, I, I was up like whatever, six or seven points with two weeks left and I couldn't even hold that. I am the biggest loser. <laughs> oh man! Now, well, I mean, you could bring the you should bring this shirt to this hypothetical banquet that happens anyway. Yeah, I might, and then you can bring me the the LeBron dong song that I'll wear around. <laughs> I'll wear around the hot tub area at the house for all the while, boys while playing chess. All right, so, <laughs> um, yeah, you started off the se- the season hitting every one of your locks all six weeks. The first six weeks, you hit your lock. And then you only had one lock for the remaining seven games that hit. That's, that's how I do it. I just <laughs> lose. That's all I know how to do. I am the best. I, if I'm the best at anything, it's losing. All right. So <laughs> that, that about does it for, for the recaps. Um, let's uh, jump into a sponsor. But real quick, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll update. It's the fourth quarter is about, looks like three minutes in, still 24-3. Rams are holding on to a nice score here for Bear, But... I'll let you let it go to the sponsor here. Yeah, Brent. Uh, speaking of losing and stinking, um, look, we've all had questionable toilet encounters in our life, whether it be whatever that guy's name is that eviscerated your powder room that I love to talk about. Phil. What's his name? <laughs> whether it's Phil in your bathroom or, you know, whenever you're yeah, at someone else's house, maybe at a hotel with, you know, split room situations. Who knows? Public restrooms. Look, toilets can be dirty and smelly. But our next sponsor is an innovative new invention which will help revolutionize your toilet experiences. So we're going to take a quick break right now, catch a word from them, but make sure you join us at the other end here because we have a lot to get to, a lot to clear up in terms of stinky stats and much, much more right after this quick word. The toilet can be an unpleasant experience. Sometimes you simply cannot wipe away the horror of a 13-week steaming dump with even an entire roll of toilet paper. But with the little finger bidet, you can turn any toilet experience into an accomplishment. This portable and discreet solution will make even the biggest asshole smell like rosé. Our classic bidet attachment fits snug onto your little finger and blasts your butthole with enough sanitized solution to fool anyone into thinking you weren't even near a toilet. Our new experimental little finger energy bidet is loaded with narcotics that will not only make your toilet experience better, but it will be like there's a party in your butthole. Try it now with our 30-day risk-free guarantee and be sure to use the code STINKYSTEVE when ordering for 10% off your purchase. Little Finger Bidet, save your ass from stinky toilets. Man, <clears throat> all right. Are you ready to come back in? <laughs> yeah, let's sponsor? come back. Let's come back in. Wow, what an epic sponsor that was! Uh, welcome back in, Stinky Nation. Brent, I I have goosebumps from that sponsor. It is epic in scope. 
Hold on, I'm ordering. I'm ordering it right now. Hold on, I'm trying to get my my 10% discount here for the for the little finger bidet. I, you know, the the Game of Thrones music just really inspired me to buy that product by uh, one of the league members, Littlefinger. Thanks for uh, sponsoring the show this week with your uh, with your toilet solution. Absolutely, like the T-shirt I ordered. I think I might order two, Brent. <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> well, without any further ado, Brent, I think we had a light stat segment last week uh i think you have a juicy and tasty morsel of stats lined up for us this week to make up for it um where do you want to begin all right so we have the stinky stats but first i wanted to jump into the uh the the player bets that were made because they're kind of like finalized now so the first one is the, is the weird one you may or may not remember and it's the 50 dollars bet that barco has um, on Derrick Henry um, being under in top five scrimmage yards. Spross says Derrick Henry will be top five in scrimmage yards. That bet ended up as Derrick Henry is currently, after 13 weeks, number two in scrimmage yards. I believe that bet was on the regular season. I guess we'll have to check in with them when they listen to the show. But, you know, that looks like a win for Mr. Spross on that bet. Next, we have um, Booty versus me. I said Aaron Jones would not be a top 10 running back in points. Booty has him, obviously said he would be. And he ended up as the number five running back in uh, stinky scoring. So congrats on winning that bet, Booty. And next we have Tyler Higby. He's actually playing in this game right now. Uh, I think he's having a somewhat decent game. But regardless, he kind of missed the boat for this bet because PRB had him as a top 10 fantasy tight end, Russ has no, and he ended up as tight end 19. So oh. he, yeah, he definitely missed the mark on that one. Uh, PRB oh. did. Not so even we, close. And tight ends were ass this year. Like Brent, this is how ass tight ends were. I think Mike is is like tight end seven or something. That's how bad the tight end position is this year. And Higby was 19. That's not even close. It looks like Mike Kosicki ended up as tight end seven. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of names ahead of ahead of um, Tyler Higby, like, you know, Jimmy Graham, uh, Johnu Smith, like just a bunch of names. He, he just really missed the mark on that bet, like you said, in, in a tight end landscape where he should have had every opportunity to take advantage. And we already talked about this last bet, and it's um, – you know, Antonio Gibson, your boy, who you actually bet Durazio on, another another winning bet for you against Durazio, it seems. Um, yep. You had him in the top 20. Durazio said no. He ended up RB6. Wow. I, I mean, I, I didn't think he would even be that good. I thought 15 was reasonable. I thought I liked, I thought he could have a, I said it preseason, and when we made the bet, a Josh Jacobs-like rookie season. Even better, but now he's got the toe injury. Obviously, not going to finish out the whole year more than likely. But um, a, a, a tremendous, masterful, even better than anticipated uh, first thirteen games. And that scumbag PRB who stole him from me at the draft and didn't even—he liked Zach Moss more than uh, Gibson. He started uh, Zach Moss in Week One. He, Gibson wasn't even starting till probably week two or week three, maybe even later. So fuck you, PRB. Yes, I mean, uh, speaking of um, you know rookie running backs 
this game that we're watching here, just a little update on that after that little section here. But, um, you know, it's still 24-3. It seems like the second half has really started to wind down in terms of fantasy scoring. It looks like it's just going to, this game's going to pretty much go to sleep at like 24 to three. There's still 10 minutes left though. Yeah, Brent, it looks like uh, Tucci's likely to get no more points at all from Bobby Woods. He's got only 5.7, but they're probably never going to throw another pass in this game. However, they're going to be working on the clock with Cam Akers, and he's already got 157 yards rushing uh, and like 25 receiving yards. I mean, this is a mega game. He's got 27 points already and no touchdowns, but still 27 points. So uh, you got to imagine Tucci's feeling pretty good about this night so far. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, the Robert Woods low low production definitely takes away. There he goes. Robert Woods dropping the pass. Um, but yeah, I mean that definitely takes away from the big Cam Akers night. It's kind of like a, a almost like a split um, mm-hmm. in terms of what you were expecting from Robert Woods and what you got out of Cam Akers. But um, you know, I'm sure he'll take every bit of those 161 yards that he has. But they do have three running backs. He might not be the beneficiary of the garbage time coming up here. They could always use Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown for the rest of the game. So we'll see about that if that's the end of Cam Akers night. Very true. Uh, that said, stinky stats. All right. Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton threw for a combined 176 yards in uh, week 13. The Ravens and Patriots outscored their opponents 79 to 17 in those in, in that in those games. Unbelievable, Brad. Uh, these bum quarterbacks who can't throw for shit just racking up the wins. Incredible. Yeah, I teed that one up for you. I know you love those stats. Um, <laughs> Travis Kelsey needs. 264 receiving yards over the last four games to break George Kittle's single season record for receiving yards by a tight end. And that was um, 1,377. And that was in 2018. Man, I think, was that, Brent, was that the year you fleeced him from me preseason for like a backup <laughs> running back? I, I think that was his rookie year. We that was the year before. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't blow up that big he just like kind of burst onto the scene but then that next season he really just broke records all right uh your hometown Steelers have now tied the NFL record for most consecutive games with at least one sack and that is 69 games impressive they did also lose that game uh predictable Mike Tomlin-esque loss right there Brent you want me to jump over to that stat um in which Washington's four and seven record was the worst by any team in NFL history to defeat a team that entered the game with an 11-0 or better record. Like I said, a Mike Tomlin-esque game, always playing down to the opponent, always good for a loss, typically at home to some sub-500 team, which affects them. It always comes back to bite them in some way in the playoffs. Now, they're obviously going to make the playoffs, but they're probably going to be playing now at Kansas City instead of in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin is a bomb. All right. Well, Alvin Kamara has. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, Alvin Kamara has seven receiving yards total in the three games that Taysom, Taysom Hill has been quarterback. Seven yards total receiving. Mm, that's that's low. That's like losing your last four locks of the year, Brent, in a pick em. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, this is – stay with me on this one. This one's kind of long, and I'm going to introduce a little account that you might want to follow. Um, 
Denver decided to punt to Kansas City from their own 49 on fourth and three with six minutes and 13 seconds remaining in the fourth while losing 16 to 19. Now, (laughs) with a surrender index of 29.47, this punt ranks at the 99.6th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2020 season and the 98th percentile of all punts since 2009. Now, this account that showed up in my feed where I got this from is called the Surrender Index, and it's uh, on Twitter. It is at Surrender underscore Index, and they have just this Surrender Index where they where they track this this stat if you're interested in a deep dive into cowardly punts and that are like surrendering. Wow, I like that. Cowardly punts. Surrender index. I like that. Yeah, so go check it out. It's probably only for the stat nerds, but I know you're one, so go check that out. Um, All right, Lamar Jackson has become the first player in NFL history with 5,000-plus pass yards and 2,500-plus rush yards in his first three seasons. Wow, incredible. And he's won one game when trailing at halftime. I can't. (laughs) Can't wait to see them not make the playoffs this year. All right. Maybe you don't hate this quarterback. Josh Allen had his third game this season with 375-plus pass yards, three-plus passing touchdowns, and a 130-plus passer rating. He joins Drew Brees in 2013 as the only players since at least 1950 with three such games in a season. Yeah, pretty. I mean, yeah, Josh Allen was not high on him coming into the year, but he's on my radar now. I like. Oh, him. yeah, gonna, he's on my radar. Look you're gonna, out! You're gonna bid against me for him next year, huh? Look out! He's on. He's on the list. I've already begun compiling my list. Oh, so I'm, right. I'm watching and I'm waiting and I'm taking notes. So yeah, he's on the radar. All right. All right. Good to know. All right. So Devonte Adams joined Hall of Famers Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. Marvin Harrison and Jerry Rice, pretty good company there, as the only players in the Super Bowl era with 1,000-plus receiving yards and 12-plus receiving touchdowns in their first 10 games of a season. Pretty impressive, Devontae. Pretty impressive. If only he could stay healthy. Uh, and he's got a pretty good guy throwing him the ball, too. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't hurt. I know you love Aaron Rodgers. All right, so the most receiving yards by a rookie. You're going to like this one. You know where it's going. Fuck you, PRB. (laughs) Most receiving yards by a rookie wide receiver in his first 12 games in NFL history. Odell Beckham with 1,305. Justin Jefferson with 1,039. Anquan Bolden with 1,032. And Randy Moss with 1,014. PRB, I hope Justin (laughs) Jefferson breaks his leg on the first play of your playoff game. You dickhead. Uh, you drafted him. You dropped him. I did twice. I drafted him, dropped him, picked him up, then dropped him again. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you only have yourself to blame. You can say fuck PRB all you want, but I got to tell you, man, you, you had him in your grasp two times. Kill me! Come on. Come on. Kill me. I'm here. Kill me! I'm here. Kill me! Come on. Kill me. I'm here. At least I didn't. At least I didn't need receivers as I was without receivers half of the year, every every fucking week. Yeah, that would have a little bit. You probably would have made the playoffs without that Justin Jefferson stuff that you pulled. Man, so many things. So many. So many could have won shows for me this year. 
All right, bizarre stat time. Um, <laughs> during 200 episodes of NFL Red Zone, Scott Hansen has only taken one bathroom break. Wow. I, I, I can't even I, – obviously, I wasn't watching. I don't remember that happening. He must wear a diaper or something. <laughs> I, I mean, he's got to write – that's like – that's a lot of talking to do. I mean, I know that when we do this show, and we only talk for like an hour plus, like hour and a half – you know, I drink at least like two full glasses of water and, you know, you, I think you had to take a piss on, actually, you know what, you're on the same, you're on the same level. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> you, you took a piss during an episode. So you and you and him are tied at, at one bathroom break. I know I need the diaper. I've got to, I've got to check in with Scott Hansen to learn his secret, but yeah, you're right. Seven hours of commercial free football, Brent. I don't know how he does it without, without taking a break. Um, you know who I'm going to ask? My boy, who I who I did Thanksgiving with, who I alluded to that knows Scott Hansen and says he's the biggest asshole he's worked <laughs> with, other than Gary Payton. I'm going to have to ask him if he built in like a diaper area in his suits. We're like a bedpan situation underneath that desk that he's sitting at. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll see. I'll see if my buddy Jonathan knows anything. I'll, I'll get. I'll get back. Stay tuned, Stinky Nation. All right. All right. Good. Uh, get some reporting on that. Send Demontres out <laughs> to find out. <laughs> what the deal is uh all right so uh let's get into stinky uh, uh related stats here with um you know we always started off and we can now crown a victor the mvp goes to commish booby now he was third least in points in 2019 he rises all the way up from that toilet and grabs the MVP this year. Yeah, Brent, it was a great, it was a, it was a great resurgent year for Booty. Like you said, he was third least in points last year. He is most in points this year. Uh, we'll get into it on the other end. We had another, uh, you know, drastic differential from last year to this year with one of these teams that we'll look at probably at the other end. But no, Booty, let's just do it now because I have it here in my notes. Let's just let's just, let's just jump around from first go, to worst, Brad. From MVP <laughs> to LVP, we have Littlefinger. He literally went from the top scoring team to the worst scoring team in a matter of one year. That I mean, unbelievable. I looked at I looked at last year. I mean, he had an incredible regular season. I mean, Booty had a Booty had a great year too. There's no doubt about that. But Durazio averaged 136 a game last year to win the MVP. That is incredible for 13 straight games. I mean, I always jerk myself off about my eight or nine game stretch to end the season last year, which was like 140. He did it the whole year, like 136 the whole year. And then he went from that to this. Yikes. Yeah, that is just an incredible fall from grace. I don't even know if this league has seen that that drastic of uh, of a turn from one season to the next. But good call there to bring that up. You know, as, as we know, Stover was the second in the MVP running just by a hair. I mean, how many points was that? 3.3 uh, points. 3.3 points is all that separated. I mean, that's that, that's an excruciating number. I mean, I know myself, I would go back and be looking at, at so many decisions that I could have made that would have got me an extra four points this season that well, would have gotten- he, well Brent he's scat he's been complaining that he's been scapping himself 
in like a position or two every week for like three straight weeks. Oh, there, I, I, I know there's plenty for him to choose from, but I'm sure, you know, that doesn't help. It doesn't help the fact that, you know, he has so many to choose from so many situations that he that he might have gotten the MVP from. I know. But, you know, I definitely got to take my hat. I do have to congratulate the commission, too. Look, this guy, he's basically he put up 182 in the second week of the year um, and then 177 in the fourth week of the year and then 204 in the seventh week of the year. I mean, he's basically been more or less the he's been in the lead from start to finish. So, I mean, I know Stover has got to be feeling sick about those 3.3 points, and he did come on very strong down the stretch, the home stretch. He could have made decisions in, in the last two, three, four weeks, which would have given him the MVP. But I got to think the, the commission is deserving of this, and as much shit as he takes uh, about his below 500 streak, which continues this year, he's it still does. under 500. As but mentioned in that, in that <laughs> feedback call from, from Stover, he's still below 500 for the fifth season in a row, but he, he does get an MVP trophy out of it. Right. So I, he's got to be feeling great about that. Uh, unfortunately, he is also going to be feeling great about it from the sixth seed, but um, not, not a terrible matchup uh, this week, I don't think, for him. Yeah, I mean, ideally he would like to have a bye after having such a, such a great season that, um, you know, something to hang your hat on is, is getting that bye, but he's got to fight through it. And, you know, Cam Akers, speaking of fighting through it, is still running the ball for the Rams, but it looks like they're coming on to punt here with about four minutes and 50 seconds left. I can't really imagine that Cam Akers is going to have too much time to get any more points against Booby. But yeah, like you said, you know, all the congrats to Booby. Great season. Uh, really impressive, and you know a lot of it was spurred by two great pickups that he made. Um, one being uh, Justin Herbert after he drafted him, then dropped him, picked him back up again, and then uh, obviously the James Robinson pickup was was monumental for him, and was really a huge driver for his entire season, as his his wide receivers kind of underperformed, and the strength of his team, which is really you know it, it's it's different for a Booby team. I feel like Booby doesn't usually have the running backs and he has like the receivers like really carrying the load for him this year. It was the running backs. It was Robinson and, and Aaron Jones that really did it for him. Agreed. That, that, that's a great point because he, he is typically always about the wide receivers. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, he spent a lot on, on uh, Mark Andrews. He spent a lot on um, Galladay, but they, they just didn't really materialize. And then Jones, yeah, Jones had a you know a top five year, and then like you said, that pickup for whatever it was, forty mil, uh, and you know I think Robin he ended Robinson ended top ten I believe in running back, so um, a great pickup like you highlighted, and a, a change of pace for Booty to have the running backs uh, carrying his team other than the wide receivers. That, that's a good point by you too. So uh, maybe now he's he might have a new equation moving forward. We'll have to see. Yeah, absolutely. Gary, I obviously got the uh, the third in the uh, in the MVP score. Congrats! He still gets uh, some cash out of that out of that spot that he landed in at three. He had a great season as we as we highlighted pretty much all year, and he's going to have you know a bit of a dogfight this week against TJ, but he still gets something to take home and get some more shroom chocolates to bring to the banquet for everybody. Yeah, great, uh, TJ. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, he was second last year in the MVP, third this year. So, 
I mean, TJ's just been – he's just had a great team now two years in a row. Um, and he finished – I believe he finished uh, third place last year overall in the playoffs too. I think I, I beat him, but then he beat Steve in the, in the second the, – you know, the Constellation Bowl or whatever. Um, so we'll see. Like you said, he's got – you know, TJ maybe come back here, but great start by Gary. Um, you know, 28 points up from his defense right now with 441 left oh, in the oh, fourth. Oh, oh, good God. It almost got worse there. <laughs> that was almost a pick six right there for I guess Cam Newton's not even in the game anymore so this could get dicey here for TJ but um all right so yeah to round out the you know the least valuable scoring teams you, you have Russ Fra- Frodo had the third least points in the league this year and Schwarz had the second least points in the league this year yeah, Brent, and it's close. I mean, they were right there within, you know, a couple points with each other, and then Steve wasn't too far behind passing those two. Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty tight. Oh, another sack for the Rams. It's just adding to Gary's total for the for the Rams defense here. Yeah, like you said, yeah, Russ finished ahead of these cats and lost Saquon Barkley and and Christian McCaffrey for basically the whole season. I mean. Yeah, Frank can cry about Mostert, who's in like a, you know, the San Fran running game. Who you know, you never know which one's going to blow up from week to week. So I don't even want to hear that when you're stacking him next to Saquon and CMC. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, that you would. I mean, McCaffrey averaged like 30 a game last year. He's been in very sparsely this year, but even in those sparse starts, he's averaging like 27 a game or something like that. So, um, I mean, you would anticipate. If he went the whole year, he would still be averaging like 25 or so. Uh, and then Barkley, in his career, he's been very affected by injuries too. But when he's in, he averages about 24, 25 a game. So, I mean, you're taking like 50 points out of the lineup and exchanging it with, you know, whatever you can get. Probably like 10 points, you know, presumably like 20 points, uh, maybe 20, 25 points. So, he, you essentially take 25 to 30 points out of your lineup every week. And like you said, he still scores more than than Schwarz and uh, Frank. Yikes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we can move on here. I still have some stats I want to bring up, so I don't want to I don't want to linger too much on on the on these uh, toilet bowl teams that we're talking about here or low scoring teams. But uh, there's some player stats that I wanted to bring up here real quick. And um, PRB drafted the sixth, seventh, and eighth overall running backs uh, in terms of finish this year in Gibson, Jacob, and um, Ronald Jones. All right, so Josh Allen and Rodgers were the only QBs that finished inside of the top five that were drafted for under $5 million. Big Ben, I wanted to highlight. I think Weasel called him out as one of his stud players. He He's QB 10, so I, I saw that. <laughs> I, was, I was confused as why he was calling him one of his stud players at, at, at like, QB 10, I, I, I guess – it's like a Frank calling one of his guys like a number one. I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but that being said, noticing that Lamar finished QB 12 on the year. Do you have anything else you want to add to that that we would like to hear? Uh, well, Brent, I mean, I'm just I'm just surprised. I'm, I'm happy. I'm obviously I feel good for Stover that he got out of like the 15 spot and that he's moved into like a low tier starter in, in our, our league and basically a non-starter in traditional 10 man leagues, uh, maybe like an assy end of the, 
the, the road started there in a 12-man league. So good for him. I don't know what he paid for him. I, I probably, what, about, I don't know, 12 or $14 million. Uh, Obviously, it didn't hurt him. I think him. it was 14 Yeah, I mean, it obviously didn't hurt him. He finished second in the MVP by 3.3 points. But, um, you know, I, I think maybe uh, LeBum has lost his luster. I called it out preseason. He would take a, a step back. He would regress. I think, really, it's just going to keep coming as the years go on. I think LeBum is not a starting quarterback in 2021 in fantasy football. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see uh, what he goes for next year in the draft, as well as a player like uh, Christian McCaffrey, who we just got done talking about, like how much he goes for in the draft next year, coming off like a a pretty much a lost season, how much Saquon goes for, you know, like I'm I'm starting to get a little excited to see what draft values are going to be for for next season, uh, just talking about this right here. Right. Well, and it, it definitely gives you pause to want to spend like 30 fucking million dollars on a player when if they get hurt, you're fucked, right? Like that. And, and that's look, if they stay healthy and they go off and they average whatever 30 points per game for the year, like you're going to be in the playoffs, you might be in the MVP mix. But if they get hurt in like week one or if they get hurt like at any point and they can't really get back all the way, like you're really now your roster is really in a major setback. So I think maybe, I don't know what this does, what this kind of a year does to make people readjust, like how much money they're willing to spend on one guy. Jay, would, would this make you reconsider a draft strategy where you spend like 92 million on three different players total? Yeah. If uh, Brent, totally. If I'm sitting <laughs> watching the season and I'm thinking of how I'm going to draft my team, I would probably not spend like 92% of it on three people. <laughs> okay. All right. That's, that's a good point. Fair point. I, 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 uh, I see what you're saying there. All right. So um, the entire top 10 in overall scoring in Stinky are all quarterbacks, all of the top 10 in overall scoring. Dalvin Cook is the first non-quarterback. He is 11th in overall scoring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that people care about, they're okay with, they want to look at quarterback scoring. They want to drop it down to four points a touchdown like a lot of leagues do. Mm-hmm. Just something just something to think about as all the quarterbacks are stacked in the top ten. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was looking over some of this stuff, just thinking again, thinking of my year that was and things I could do to come back and maybe not be disappointed again next year. And I was looking at quarterbacks, and like you said, like it's it's pretty easy, you know. You and I did not spend a lot on quarterback this year, but we both got two guys averaging over 30 points per game. Then you have, you know, someone like Frank who spent 22 million on his quarterback and yeah, he got the number 1 quarterback. I think he averages like 36 points per game, but Rodgers averages like 32. Josh averages like Josh Allen averaged like 30 or 31 or whatever it was, and we spent like 18 million less than Frank did on his quarterback. So I, I don't know with quarterback scoring what it is right now. I don't know why anyone's spending more than like eight or nine million on a quarterback. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. But you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But the Rams now have six sacks, uh, three points against with that an interception return for a touchdown for seventy nine yards. They're sitting at twenty nine points. It doesn't look like that number is going to move. I cannot see this this Pat's offense. Moving the ball down the field here and garbage. Oh my, yeah, no, they're getting smothered. It's 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 not going anywhere good for the Patriots. Gare Bear is likely off to a hot start. Yeah, twenty nine points out of the Rams. Will that influence our picks? We shall see in the next segment. But a couple more things I wanted to point out here. 
Um, Justin Jefferson ends up wide receiver number four in stinky scoring. Will Fuller ends up sixth overall um, in receivers in stinky scoring. Um, Chris Godwin had the same amount of points this year as Travis Fulgham. Wow. All right. DJ Chark had less points than Nelson Aguilar this season. Mm. Noah Fant had less points than Dalton Schultz. Robert Tunyon, Tunyon had more points this year than Mark Andrews for the regular season. Those wow. were just some, some things that, that really jumped out at me um, as, as like anomalies that you would not have expected going into the year. Those are those are all like little bizarre stats. Yeah, definitely. Um, all of them were bizarre in their own right. Um, Thirteen defenses ended up scoring more points than the 49ers defense. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, six and a half, Brent. Six and a half. Oh yeah, never forget. PRB had the number one defense for the regular season for the oh. second year in a row with the Steelers, and obviously everyone knows it was the Patriots last year. Fuck that guy. I wanted the Steelers, too. That was the only defense I was targeting. Going PR, PRB literally has, like, four of the players I wanted on his team. So it sounds like he's poaching you. It does sound like that, Brent. Like, everything on my board P- PRB has on his team, basically. Like, four or five players are, are, are on his team. Fuck you, PRB. All right, so that's a wrap. That's a final for the game. Cam Akers ends up with 28.4 points. Robert Woods with 5.6. You know, that's under his 12-point projection. Cam Akers obviously well over his, like, seven-point projection. So, I guess a decent night for Weasel. You know, I don't know if that really changes my perspective on the game, though. Uh, I don't – yeah, I don't think it's – it probably likely won't change what I'm thinking for for this week. But definitely, uh, you know, probably I think he – I think he got more than I would have been expecting. I would have been expecting him to maybe get 20 points out of this pairing, maybe 25 most so you know a little bit better but i again not probably enough to change what my expectations are i mean put it this way if it was the other way around and you know robert woods had gotten uh 28 points and cam Akers got 5.6 would you have been really that surprised nah right so that's 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 kind of how i feel about it um right. two more things here and then we got to get to our uh station break but Stover had this many top 10 players. Uh, he had, see, I, I don't really want to count DST in this because people stream mm. them. People swapped them out based on matchups. So I'm not going to count DST for top 10 players. But he had a top 10 receiver in Adams and Fuller and a top 10 tight end in Kelsey. That's it. He had wow. no other top 10 players. And he was three points out of MVP. So, again, that goes to show, like, you don't necessarily need to spend, like, $30 million on three guys uh, if, if you're listening, Russ. <laughs> for for next year, you know what I'm saying? You, people might want to rethink spending, like, a huge amount on, on one guy. You just disperse the, the wealth. If you, if you know what you're doing and you're making good picks, uh, just a, an overall strong team, it, it could be just as valuable as, like, Two or three studs. Yeah, he's just very experimental. He's trying out different strategies. He tried to have, you know, Brady and Rogers in their prime. You know, the one year it's experimental, right. man. You know, sure. this year maybe try and go for you know three running backs. You know, see how it turns out. Neither of which really turned out. But uh, you know, at least he's trying some some new uh, in- innovative draft strategies. You know. Now that said about Stover having uh, those three top ten players, Booty the MVP. I wanted to compare him to. His top 10 players, Herbert, 
Aaron Jones, James Robinson, Mark Andrews are his top ten players. So hmm. yeah, he had he had them kind of uh, spread out. He didn't have, like I said, didn't have the receiver this year in the top ten, but he did have it at quarterback, running back, and tight end. Well, I didn't. I, I haven't looked at my mine, Brent, but I know just off the top of my head, I guess we spoke. Gesicki was a top ten. Rogers obviously a top ten, and Drake squeezes into the top ten. Uh, didn't do me much good. <laughs> right, right. But I just wanted to highlight the the, uh, the two that were close to the MVP race. Now, Frank, this is the last one here. Frodo's highest scoring running back this year. Do you know who it was? Oh my goodness. Uh... I would guess it was still maybe somehow Mostert, even though he he's missed many games. No, Chase Edmonds was his what? Yes, Chase Edmonds was his highest scoring running back this year. He came in actually at uh, running back twenty three. But uh, funny note here, Chase Edmonds is actually higher ranked than any of Stover's running backs in regular season scoring. Wow. So, so, so Stover was, he was all about the pass catching Stover and booty kind of reverse team strategies this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of weird how that all worked out because he had Adams and Fuller carrying the load and Kelsey and, and booty had Jones and, uh, and Robinson. So some two, two good examples on, uh, on ways to get there. You know, it doesn't have to be one formula. Right. You're right. All right, well, that's all I got for Stinky Stats, and I know I'm getting pinged in my ear that we need to go to a break. The, uh, Like I said, the game is final, so let's get out to that sponsor. Yeah, Brent, uh, we're going to take a, a quick break here. We still do have to do uh, some things at the other end, so make sure you join us. Uh, we have had the Commissioner Booty. We've had him on the show this year. We've had him sponsor the show a couple times. Uh, look, we all know the Commission is a successful guy, but, Brent, we've seen recently – like, a lot of celebrities have been getting into alcohol. Uh, the Rock has a tequila, I believe, Dwayne Johnson. Um, George Clooney has some kind of a liquor, uh, like, industry going right now. Ryan Reynolds uh, has a gin company. Well, the commish has got a little side hustle on, uh, just adding to his repertoire of, of other things that he has going right now. So he, he wanted to slide in a sponsor, and we appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, get that word, and then come right back in, and we're going to do a playoff breakdown right after this word. You are a social elite and a trendsetter, but when you're hobnobbing with the other snobs and island jumping in tropical locales, what is a Hasidic Jew to do without a day bevy on his approved dietary list? Introducing Rosé All Gay, the first kosher rosé, which fits all of the strict preparation guidelines according to Judaism's 3,000-year-old dietary laws. Owned by Mike Budistein, Chateau Boutique is known as a winery of excellence, as this vineyard respects the regional winemaking traditions while working with sustainable and biodynamic agriculture. All of the wines at Chateau Boutique are elaborated using the skin contact method and the grapes are all crushed by our team of naked vintners who are all male and all Jew, baby. But don't worry, only the purest of uncircumcised dongs will be rolling around in these wines. So since we are now in Hanukkah season, make sure you pick up a bottle of Rosé All Gay today. For that special Jew in your life, 
Mazel Tov. Wow, Brent. Incredible. Uh, big ups to the commission for sponsoring the show, like I said, and getting into this sound. Chateau Bouti sounds like uh, <laughs> it sounds like maybe we could do like uh, maybe a, a stinky tour of the Chateau one of these days, maybe. Yeah, maybe he can bring a, a bottle of it to uh, to the banquet so we can all all sip from the nectar <laughs> of, of gayness that that is uh, the rosé that he was has he's been uh, he's sipping on. Well, Brent, unfortunately, he already sent me. I have a bottle right now, actually. So I, this is awkward oh, really? that, that I got the bottle already. But, uh, but yeah, also maybe we could get a bottle at the, at the banquet, banquet as well. That would be nice. What is the shape of the bottle? You know how like, people like, get to, like to get fancy with the shape of their bottle? What is the, the shape of the uh, rosé all-gay bottle? Yeah, Brent, it's predictably a cock. It, it is the shape, <laughs> a shape of a penis, predictably. And uh, yeah, dong, exactly. Dong, all right. That, I had a feeling that's what it was going to be in shape of. All right, cool. So he's, he can maybe, like, that can be part of his MVP speech. He can just sip right out of the, <laughs> the, the, the dong of, of Rose all gay. Man, that would be incredible. All right, all right. So great sponsor there. Thanks again, Booby, for uh, for sponsoring the show once again. Your contributions are just innumerable. But that being said, we should probably get into the matchups here uh, that we're starting to talk about. And uh, but first, maybe the the playoff breakdown. Why don't you let us know how this all broke down, and then we can start to get into the individual matchups this week alone and make our picks. Sure, Brent. Um, well, as we spoke about earlier in the show, uh, we have uh, the, the two bye weeks, which are still over the number one seed, is on bye. PRB is on bye, not by virtue of his win, but by virtue of the Tucci loss to Stover head-to-head and the fact that PRB had more wins. That dropped Tucci down into the three seed, uh, which means that he had to play the six seed, which I beat Booty head-to-head making him six and seven, giving him the worst record of the teams uh, that are in the field. Therefore, he is in as a six seed. We get Tucci v. Booty uh, this week. And the other in the 4-5 matchup, uh, we get Gary and TJ. And as we've been talking throughout uh, the show, we have some implications uh, in the games tonight there. Uh, and as we said just, just a moment ago, Stover and PRB on by Stover just sitting, waiting, biding his time for the ties to be right and pick his opponent uh, next week. We, we maybe speculate on who that might be when we look at the games in a moment, uh, Brent. And on the in the toilet round, uh, if you want to just check in on that very briefly, we've got Bags versus Frankie and Durazio versus Schwarz. We can definitely talk about how this this um, this new mechanic that we have built in, uh, where Stover gets to pick his opponent, uh, you know that's that's something I'm excited to start to to break down and really look at as we get into these matchups. But good job on the breakdown there. We can talk about the toilet bowl teams after we get into the to the matchups and picks, because I want to put the you know, the full emphasis on this uh, the playoff breakdown here. All right, so let's let's jump in right into what we've been talking about, and it's this. Weasel versus Booby game. All right, so we have a 34-point lead coming out of Thursday night. Weasel is probably patting himself on the back, feeling pretty good about this. Uh, you know, his matchups this week are pretty decent. I mean, Pittsburgh against the Bills, 
as you know, their defense hasn't been that great. They're getting a little bit healthier. I think Matt Milano is a big part of that defense. He has Miles Gaskin against Kansas City. That is a tough one. That's a tough matchup. It's it's you know, Kansas City's defense is is pretty underrated, I feel like. Agreed. That that is a tough matchup. And the Waller Wall look, Waller is, I guess, projected to get fifteen and a half points. I don't see that against Indianapolis is very stout defensively. And they're very good uh, at against tight end points uh, specifically. So I could see um, Waller having a down game specifically following that 60-point eruption. Um, I could see him in single digits this week. So uh, He has that- been in that a few times. I mean, his range of outcomes is, is pretty sporadic. He's been as low as 2.9 um, and as high as 61. That said, he's had like over the past five weeks, he's had like 7.7, 13, 6, 21, 6. So I wouldn't expect 61 again, especially against Indianapolis, like you mm-hmm. said. Right. And like I said, I'm not even expecting him to hit this projection. Like I'm thinking single digits for sure. Um, and then, you know, the 49ers look like they have a pretty good matchup on the surface against Washington. Although Washington's been moving the ball as of late. They're going to be without Gibson, though. So that, that'll obviously hurt them. Um, on the other end, though, uh, the commish has some tantalizing matchups. Well, uh, we didn't talk about DK Metcalf against the Jets. That, that you know, the, the Jets have been sneakily not that bad um, as Wait, of late. But the Jets, the team that, that did a zero blitz on the last play of the game <laughs> against the, the Raiders. Okay, you're right. Okay, you're right. The Jets are horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> They're tanking on purpose. It's clear. It's, so it's not really necessarily the Jets It's that I'm worried about. It's kind of the Seahawks and it's not look it's not that they can't score and that they're not I mean they are winning games it's just that they're I think Pete Carroll is kind of honing in that game plan into like more of a playoff kind of a setting now trying to eye to the playoffs he's looking ahead trying to think of how they need to play to get wins in uh, that tournament now so they've been kind of running the ball more trying to play better defense slowing the game down I mean, Metcalf is still obviously going to get a lot of targets, and he's probably going to have over 100 yards. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not necessarily thinking he's going to like erupt for like 30 plus points. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many points are the other Seahawks going to need to score to beat the Jets? They're probably best served just, like you said, pounding the ball, keeping their defense off the field, and not necessarily needing to score that much to win that game. So right, I mean, like, yeah, I think Tucci will score like. Yeah, I thought I thought he could maybe put up about 125, 130 maybe this week, which is a nice week, but I don't know that it's going to be enough to get the win. All right, so other side of the ball, you're feeling confident then about Booby's team. I am, Brent. I mean, I'm looking at his matchups, and they're luscious. I mean, Atlanta's defense has been playing very well. So, have. hey, Bear, I would be a little nervous, especially with Tannehill. Oh, boy, I, I don't like Against what I'm seeing Jack- here. I, I, yeah, I don't like. Do I, don't it? Like I wanted this. to bring this up. I've been wanting to bring this up all episode. He is looking at another decision oh, no. again this week between Tana. He just fucked it up. He just literally oh. fucked it up really badly this past week, and now you know he is just. He, you know he when he's going to sleep at night, he's just he's just seeing their two names like floating across like like sheep jumping over a fence. He's just looking at these two names, and then he wakes up and those two names are still there floating. He's going to be looking at these two names while he's driving, while he's having sex. 
there's gonna be these two names just floating around in his head. This is gonna be bad. I I can <laughs> I can I can see this going badly. I mean, you might. I don't know. I kind of like that Tannehill matchup. The Jags I, are so I, bad. I do too. The over under in that game is is you know when when in doubt, I typically go with the game with the highest total. You know, like if I if I feel like it's a dead heat even matchup that I can't that I would basically be better served like flipping a quarter. Sometimes I just look at the over under and I'll take the highest scoring game. And right now that's Tannehill. So I don't know what his process is, if he goes with his gut or whatever he does, but I know he's had situations in the playoffs before that he probably doesn't want to remember in this situation. One name being Roddy White. You probably have heard this story before. I'm sure he doesn't want to be haunted by the ghost of Roddy White, especially going into this game against Weasel. It's gonna be. It, it has the makings of being something really bad here. But I, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the rest of his matchups. Even if he sacrifices points uh, with a mistake in that quarterback slot, I mean, he's still. I mean, he's got Aaron Jones going against Detroit, luscious. He's got Robinson going against Tennessee, luscious. He's got Mark Andrews back and playing Cleveland, pretty tasty. Uh, oh boy, he's got Cole Beasley in right now. Uh, over Christian Kirk. I'm not sure that, that, I mean, I know Cole's been, Cole Beasley's been hot. Christian Kirk had a nice stretch, but since that nice stretch, 4.7, 3.4 this past week, I think he had him in his lineup. 0.7. Yeah. 0.7. So I think he's just fed up with Christian Kirk. I think you're right, but he's got Aguilar in and Beasley. That is that, that could also blow up too, uh, potentially. Uh, we'll we'll have to true. see. It's going against Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, that's yeah. ballsy. That's ballsy for sure. Exactly. Uh, whereas you've got Kirk going against the Giants, who have been decent defensively, but um, uh, Booties he's got some que- he's got some question marks uh, in terms of the calls he has to make. Ultimately, let look. Let's let's slide in a pick here. Uh, look, Tucci's probably uh, pleasuring himself right now. I'm sorry, he's sleeping, so scratch that. When he, <laughs> when, he, when he wakes up in the morning, he'll be pleasuring himself to his 58 point, uh, 58% favorite projection on CBS. They see it differently than I see it. I think the commission is going to win this game. Wow, okay. So despite his hot start from Cam Akers, you still think that Booby pulls out the win here. You know, I, I feel like... I feel like this is a year where nothing we want to happen happens. And wow. I'm taking Weasel. Wow. Yeah, I, think it off. I think this is the last uh, you know, rodeo for, for the carousel of the quarterback carousel that, wow. Bo- that Booby has going on. And I think, I, I think he might Roddy White himself this week with his quarterback. Well, Brent, I, I was I was gonna make it the whole show without mentioning anything about my IR fines, but if you, if, I'm gonna have to slide it in here because Booty is gonna regret it more than me if Tucci beats him because had had he, had I not had the fines, I would be playing Booty this week with no wide receivers. So Booty would have had an easy win over me this week, probably. So if the if the weasel takes Booty out, he's gonna be in regret zone just like me. Sorry, sorry, Commission. I hope it's not true. I like the commission. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a close game regardless, but I really, I really think this matchup really hinges on, on Booby picking the right quarterback. And right now, mm. right now, Herbert is in, I'm, I'm picking this game based on what I'm seeing. Who's in right now. He obviously can change this on Sunday morning and, 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 you know, change the whole matchup possibly with one 
with one change or one non-change, no pressure, buddy. But, Man. you know, that could swing the whole – I feel like it could swing the whole matchup. I, I feel like, you know, tw- we're talking about, like, a potential 15, 20-point difference. I mean, this past week it was, like, 40. But, right. you know, I'll be modest and say it could be, you know, in that 20-point range. And I think this game will, will, will hinge on 20 points. Yeah, no, I mean, I can see that because if, if Tucci puts up – a buck 30, let's say, which I could see happening. Like that would mean that the commission, I mean, basically you'd be asking him to put up one, one thirty-five while losing like 20 points from, from a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, that, that quarterback position, that call could swing the entire matchup. Right. So something for, for stinky who, if everyone's keeping an eye on the playoffs, keep an eye on what Booby does on that, on that quarterback spot. You know, I hope I hope this conversation doesn't give him an ulcer. But um, oh. all right, we'll we'll move on to the uh, to the next game here. Happy Hanukkah, everybody! By the way, uh, so uh, we have we Gare Bears and TJ in a matchup that Gary has already jumped out to a 29 point lead from his defense. We talked about it at length a little bit, but that you know is that going to change your pick here? Ah. Uh... You know, I was gonna, I was gonna go. I, I went into this game or went into the show not really looking too much at the at the at the the matchups. I was actually gonna go with Gary all along, but now that I'm looking at the matchups, I kind of like the TJ matchups better, except for the 29 points. Now, I, I would I would have to say it when you get near 30 from your defense, it's almost impossible to lose the game. Like. Can I, ask just, you what you, can I ask you what you were liking so much on TJ's side? Because I don't see it. Well, I'm really liking the uh, the Russell Wilson matchup, uh, which we just kind of highlighted with the Jets. That, right, which which he's kind of tra- trailing out. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, let's let's take a look that, real quick. I mean, that's honestly about it, to be honest with you. I, the Cook, I just, I just caught a glimpse of the Cook projection, but he's playing Tampa Bay, who is a stout running defense. Chubb against Baltimore is probably not going to go that well. Landry then against Baltimore. Yeah, okay, no. I, now I see why I was leaning Gary before, and now with the 29-point <laughs> defensive performance, it's an absolute lock, Brent. If I had a lock in the playoffs, it would be on Gary. Oh, all right. All right now, now you see what I'm seeing because I am not seeing it this week for TJ. What I was going to say before you kept going there was uh, Russell Wilson the last four weeks since um, – I think I even sent you a link about Pete Carroll mm. talking about um, dedicating to the running game more down the stretch here. And since he said that, uh, 9.9 from, from Wilson against the Rams, 25 against Arizona, 16 against the Eagles, 18 in a loss to the Giants. I don't, I don't know if the Jets, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're terrible and yeah, they're tanking. I just, I just don't know if they're going to need Russell Wilson to cook in order to win that game. Yeah, and ultimately, I think Gary has the better team, the better matchups right now at this point. I think TJ basically he wasn't he had a shot to win, but he had to have everything go his way and the uh, Rams in order to do it. And correct, yeah, the twenty a twenty nine point start from your defense on Thursday night is not everything going your way. Like that's things going against you in a big way. So I think this could I be mean, a a big blowout. I think. I mean, Derrick Henry against the Jags. I, you know, I think uh, at William Hill Sportsbook, his uh, the over under for Derrick Henry this week in yardage is uh, 105. <clears throat> I gotta say, yeah, I gotta say, I, I he might double that against the Jags. So yeah, that could get ugly. 
head over to William Hill and take the over. I think he, I think he bursts over the, over that number uh, this this week. But you know, Gary has the matchups, like you said. He has, you know, Allen Robinson. Assuming you know, I know he's got a little bit of health issue right now, but he's at least limited practice. Going against Houston, that defense is trash. He's got, you know, Calvin Ridley against the Chargers. That defense has been has been giving up points to wide receivers. And then, like I said, Derrick Henry, Adam Thielen against Tampa. You know, that's that's a tough one. But the over-under in that game is still 51 and a half. There's going to be scoring. Yeah, this this could get ugly for uh, for Gary. So it sounds like Brent, we're sliding TJ. for TJ, right? So I, I think if we're sliding in a pick, is my, I had Gary on my mind. Um, that's why I said them. Gary. Yeah, I, I think uh, if we're sliding in a pick, we're both going to be in agreement on this one, and, and we both like Gary here. Yeah, I'm, I, w- I would go with Gary. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty confident in this one. Okay, so we agree on that one. Do you want to just look ever so briefly at the toilet matchups? Let's take, a, let's take a nice dip into the toilet to see what's going on in the toilet. Well, let's, why don't we begin with the middle game, the, 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 the two-versus-three game, the Bags-versus-Frankie game which uh, did have a player go tonight, which was Cooper Cup, who uh, got probably just about what you would be expecting, about 12 points. Yeah, I mean, not too bad. He, he's lucky he got that goal line touchdown. That kind of saved his day, mm-hmm. got him in the double digits. So Bags is definitely a sigh of relief when he caught that touchdown, for sure. Um, you know, he's he's got some tough matchups. You know, at CEH against Miami, that's, uh, you know, Miami's pretty tough defense. And Edwards mm-hmm. Lair has been pretty, you know, touchdown dependent. You know, I can see why these teams are in the toilet, man. I'm just looking at these. At these I know. <laughs> I'm just looking at these players and I'm like, what the, what are these matchups I'm looking at here? Um, you know, Mahomes, tough matchup for, for Frodo, uh, for his pretty much his, his one trick pony. So that, that's obviously not a good, not a good sign for, for Frodo. If I had to pick this game, yeah, I, I mean, I think Frodo is going to advance. Yeah, and by, adva- and by advance, I mean lose. Right, correct. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I would, I would take Bags gun to my head. It, it is, it's a tough week. Um, there, it's a tough game to pick. Really, I, uh, there's not much to like about either of these teams, I'm Brent. As you highlight, it's not good, Brent. And and to be honest with you, like you said, a one trick pony from Holmes uh, in terms of Frank's Frank's roster. I mean, even Hawkins has trailed off. I'm looking at his last three games, 7.6 points, 8 points, 15 points. Yeah, so, you know, ever since that bomb that he caught, the Cardinals' offense hasn't been the same. Something, something's going on there. Correct. So, I mean, he has gotten two miracle games in a row by Peterson. I don't expect that to continue. I think Green Bay is going to be lighting it up, and Detroit's going to have to be throwing to answer. I don't see my, many carries, many opportunities for Peterson. Um well, there's a I high mean, implied there's a high implied total there uh, for Detroit. It's kind of sneaky, with that over under being 55 and Green Bay only favored by seven and a half. That seems low. It's, it seems like a sucker bet. Right, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just this is a just a, a questionable. They're in the toilet for a reason. I'll take bags, which means Frank will advance to the toilet finale. Uh, who will he be meeting there, Brad? Let's take a look at the one versus four game. Not as you would think. Oh, uh, Dur- yeah. Durazio is the four, and Schwartz is the one. <laughs> and I I mean... No while- one has even played in the game, and Durazio is already favored, like like 64% favorite. Right, as the four, as the worst, as allegedly the worst team. The worst scoring team with the, the, the worst record in the league. 
He's favored by like almost 20 points. That shows you how freaking horrendous Schwartz is, how terrible his year is, and he somehow is seven and six. Half of his starting lineup is either not practicing or barely practicing. He's got he's got red all up and down in starting roster, still yes. still heavily favored to beat Schwartz. Right, and Schwartz, uh, Brent, I do, I do want to just, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I just, I mm-hmm. want to bring it up real, real quick uh, on the Schwartz seven and six record this year. I just want to read uh, real quickly to our viewers, to our listeners, the games that Schwartz won this year. I'm just going to read you quickly the seven. Again, he was seven and six. He had more wins than the MVP of the league, Brent. He had more wow. wins than you. You're wow, fifth in scoring. He had the right. second least points in the entire league, and he had more wins than the highest scoring team in the league. Correct. And That's this fucking crazy. And this is why, Brent, these are the scores of the opponents in the games he won this year. 92 points. He beat Spross when Spross had 92. He then the next win he had was 98 and a half point opponent. The win, next win after that was a 62 point opponent. The next win after that was an 81-point opponent. The next win after that was an 86-point opponent. The next, the next win after that was an 84-point opponent. And the next win, his final win, the seventh win, was a 76-point opponent. Holy and Brent, shit. Yes, Brent. And before that game, last week against Russ, he lost 96-94. to 94. So had he scored 97 points last week, he would be eight, eight and five. Wins. He would be in the playoffs. Oh, if he had scored like four more points, he'd be in the playoffs. Correct. That's, you know, if there, you know, there's a lot of different ways to craft uh, a discussion around, you know, what we talked about with SSR and just improving the model by which teams are ranked. I mean, Schwarz is quietly, I'm glad you brought this up because. He is quietly the like a, a tremendous example for for just instituting that 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 a policy to to fix the the kind of outdated standings. Exactly. And Brett, had he gotten that win against Russ, had he won 97-96 and been eight and five, a second booty roll team does nothing to address that because he would be eight and five. He would be firmly in on record. So, I mean, there's like, not only not only just on record, he would be the second best record in the entire league. Correct. He would be tied with he would be tied with Weasel and PRB in terms of wins and with while scoring the second least points in the league. Right. By 19 points, Brent, like Durazio was 19 points behind passing him and he could have been very easily been eight and five and been like you said tied for the two tied for the second best record and one game behind nine and four one seed stover well i you know i I didn't even realize this until you just said it we you know we we talk a lot uh before the show and leading up to the show and things like that but i did not realize how close it was to being a complete fuck stop of a disaster with with schwarz getting in it would have been unbelievable and it's something that we need to make sure does not happen does not get close to happening will not happen moving forward yeah i mean three points is too close to, to, to something like that happening 
Exactly. Um, uh, just to put a bow on that, though, Brett, I am taking Durazio this week <laughs> to get the win and to put Schwarz in the poopy finale with Frankie Little Coins. And the two of them will rematch in a battle from this past week, which saw neither team break 81 points. Uh, I'm, the, the, the floor is the limit on that game. Yeah, I mean, on that note, I, I'm, I'm going to have to – I'll take Schwarz. <laughs> after, we just, after we just unloaded, he's going to put up like 130 points this week. Just watch. And it'll be it'll – be, I, I have it set as Durazio versus Frodo in the toilet bowl final next week. That's my pick. Wow. Okay. There you go. There you have it. Uh, you heard it here first, Stinky Nation. Uh, well, Stinky Nation, well, Brent, I do believe the smoke has settled and the dust has cleared <laughs> on another episode here. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been uh, a long season, uh, a very trying season. I just wanted to wish the four playoff teams going this week the best of luck um, and the four toilet teams also, the best of luck to them who are in action as well. Congratulations to everybody who made the playoffs. And good luck to those in the Frodo Four Bowl as well. I'm just hoping that I have maybe one active receiver this week. Um, many thanks to the sponsors this week. Uh, Brent, I've been sipping. I know I alluded to it. I've been sipping on the kosher dick wine this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it is delicious. So hopefully we can get some of this dick wine down to the banquet uh, to, to sip in the hot tub with each other uh, one night. That would, that would be scrumptious. And also uh, the other, uh, the little finger, I've got my mine in the mail. So hopefully, uh, you know, I'm looking into maybe getting that sometime this week from Amazon. Uh, well, Stinky Nation, I need to get to bed. Uh, I'm going to make sure my Delco alarm clock is set. All of you in Stinky Nation sleep tight. Keep your buttholes tight as always and check in with me and Brent next week. Same stinky time, same stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, good, good night, night now. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death. Breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps. Deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond. Sneak a Uzi on the island. And my army jacket lining. Hit the earth like a comet. Invasion. Nazis like the Afrocentric Asian. Half man, half amazing. Cause in my physical, I can't express through song. Delete stress like Motrin. Then extend strong. I drink my wet with Medusa. Give a shotguns in hell. From the split that I lift in hell. It ain't hard to tell. Yeah.